And then the vague view becomes more clear with Ruchi. It's clear. Not only there, but there, there. Where there? <laughs> I'll go there, there. That house, to that village, in that house. And then running, running, running. Um, Asakti, Bhav, and Prem. So here you can see what Krishna is speaking about. Something higher. Rasovaja Marsopiasya. Param Dushtva. He says when one sees God, Param Dushtva. Param means God. The Supreme Dushtva. When he sees this, he becomes fixed. So what Krishna also is saying here is what? Ultimate Praman. Praman means evidence. What is the ultimate Praman? We say Amala Praman. Srimad Bhagavatam Amalam Pramanam. Yadvashnamanam Priyam. Srimad Bhagavatam is the spotless Pramana, the spotless source of scriptural evidence to support the ideal of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. Yupi Goswami emphasizes Shastra Pramana. There are other types of Pramana, like evidence derived from sense perception, evidence derived from reasoning, that has some scope, but we can't reach conclusive truth by that. But by revelation, the scripture is a prominent manifestation of, then we get more conclusive knowledge. So this is the general teaching. But if we look closer to teaching, above Shastra Praman, Chaitanya Charitamrita teaches, really, and here it is in Bhagavad Gita as well, ultimate Praman is experience. Therefore we can say, yes, I know, Maharaj, I know, but, yeah, I know, but, I'm going to do this. We can give all the praman we want. <laughs> scripture says this, Prabhu. Scripture says that. We go, I know, I know, I know. But anyway, feeling rules. The idea is that if we can come under the rule of the Shastra, we can get another kind of feeling. And that will rule. And when we're ruled by that feeling, then Shastra retires. Shuti Devim Rigyam Asam Oho Chadana Lenu Jusham Aham Sham Vrindabhanekim the most learned person in the Bhagavad, Krishna Leela, has spoken this verse. Udhava. Udhava is a friend and servant of Krishna in Dwarka. Is a sankul mixture of Dasya Bhakti and Sakya Bhakti. Purisambandha, Sakya Bhakti. He's friendly and also servant of Krishna. And most learned person in all of Dwarka. He's the counselor of Krishna, the advisor of Krishna, who was the prince of Dwarka. So he had the best, most learned, Shastravit, Tatvabit, Udav. And that Tatvabit, Udav, he was sent to Vrindavan to bring a message. Krishna is expert. He accomplishes so many things at once. He wanted to send a message to gopis, inhabitants of Vrindavan in general, gopis in particular, and Radha in particular amongst the gopis. And the bearer of their message would be Uddhava. And Uddhava was to learn so much from that message himself. Just a little scribbling on a note, I love you. Actually, Krishna scribbled a little philosophy. In a very tricky way, he taught Uddhav. He gave a message of philosophy for the gopis. Don't feel separated from me. I'm everywhere. 
<laughs> Stop your crying. I'm everywhere. Uddhava brought the message and they threw it out. <laughs> Krishna sent you a message. Here, don't lament. Na sochati, na kankshati. He gave a Gani, he's a Gani Bhakta from Dwarka side, high, high ideal of Gani Bhakta. And going to Braj and there's no Gyan there. It's beyond the Veda, beyond the Shruti. They took that note, they threw it out. And then they showed the nature of their love for Krishna was demonstrated to Uddhava. He stayed there for a couple of months and he just observed and he made this statement. He used to walk around singing one or two verses like this. This is Uddhava. He said, oh, those Rajadevis, they are so extraordinary in their love for Krishna. I wish that I could become Vrindavane, in Vrindavan. Vrindavane kim api gulum lato I could become a lata, a creeper, a little plant growing there. Why? That asamaho chadanarenu, dushamaham siyam. That a particle of chadanarenu, a particle of dust from the feet of those brajadevis, and it's singular, that brajadevi, or one particle, it means, from her, her foot, Radha's foot, would fall on my head as she walking through the forest. Yadushchadam sajanarja patim chahitva dejurmukunda padavim shutibibhimrikyam. He's saying that what they've done, Yadushchadam sajanam arjuputim, they gave up everything, family, all attachments, everything, to the Vedic path even to meet him, to consort with him. He was just astounded by that. He didn't want to change his nature. As I said, Staivav can't be changed. He didn't want to become a gopi. But he wanted to serve Krishna with the same kind of intensity that they had. From his own perspective, as a Dasya Bhakta, this was his idea. Same kind of intensity. He's honoring them, worshiping them, glorifying them. Who? Village girls. Not even village boys. Village girls in those days that weren't educated. Even the boys weren't educated. Village girls, cowherd girls. The learned scholar, Uddhava, wanted to become like them. And they took the Vedic message, the Gyan Krishna offered, I'm everywhere, and they threw it out. Rejected it. He's astounded by that. We are concerned about Shastra Praman, that we should speak in spiritual circles and support what we say with Shastra Praman. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had a conversation with Roy Ramananda. And in that conversation he said, Mahaprabhu said, tell me more. And Ramananda spoke. Tell me more. And Ramananda spoke. This is the reverse out of Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna is a, Ramananda Roy appearing as Arjuna. Krishna appearing as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Ramananda Roy instructing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Arjuna instructing Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is testing what you learned in the last life when I spoke to you at Kurukshetra in Bhagavad Gita. I put many secret messages in those instructions. Did you catch everything? He's asking questions. 
And Ramananda Roy is answering, and Mahaprabhu is saying, very good, very good. Anything else? Can you tell me more? Can you tell me more? Higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, and you get to a point. He says, I know something more, and everything I've said thus far, you may note, I was able to support with Scripture. Yes, very good. But I know something more, but I can't support it with Scripture. Mahaprabhu said, say it. What is it? This is the highest ideal. The highest ideal of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He spoke it. He couldn't give any scriptural support. He just had a little poem, a little song that he had written representing that idea. Made Mahaprabhu go mad. Shuti Bhibhibhigyam is beyond the Shuti, beyond the Veda. Mahaprabhu himself said, Shotam Api Upanishadam Dure Harikatamrita. Those aphorisms of the Shuti of the Upanishads, where you can get by reciting them, Tattvamasi, Aham Brahmasmi, Dure Harikatamrita. It's very far away from where you can arrive at by Harikatha. Kampashru Pulakadaya, he said. Oh, by Harikatha you can get all these transformations of ecstasy that that Brajalila is all about. All the movement there. Anubhavs relative to one's Taibhav. All the auxiliary emotions. Sanchari Bhava. The whole world of ecstasy. This is what Rupa Goswami is explaining in Bhakti Rasamrita There's a world of ecstasy. And he's articulated how that ecstasy expresses itself in different ways. Relative to one's Taibhav, certain movements will be there. And the cowards tighten their belt, challenge Krishna. These kind of movements, they're all anubhavs of Sakirasa. And gopis and older gopis, every all that movement can all be understood based on the staibhav, certain anubhav would be there, and so on and so forth. The whole world of ecstasy. There isn't rain there, the clouds, they cry out of love for Krishna. They move in front of the sun. They said, Nathad Bhashayate Suryonasasankanapavaka. Krishna says in Gita, there's no need there for sun or moon. But there is a sun and a moon anyway. And they're devotees. There's demigods also in Golok. But they're all devotees. Part of the setting for making the Leela possible. In the brightest sun of Krishna Leela, then everything is possible. All things can be accommodated. Everything properly adjusted. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakka said, religion means proper adjustment. Jiva Goswami said, a brudge means, oh, all things possible. Just change the foundation. <laughs> Keep the building in place. Hike it up and take out the old foundation. Put in a new foundation. Everything's fine. Everything for Krishna. This will come up more as we continue. Yatatokhi apikonteha purusha syabhipastitaha indrayani pramatini haranti prasabham Manaha. Indeed, he says, Krishna says, O son of Kunti, the senses are so strong that they forcibly carry away the mind even of a discriminating person. Here Krishna is deprecating Gyan. He's talking This is how to become fixed. Get a taste, a higher taste. Enter into my rasa. This is the ultimate pramanam. Shastra pramanam will be minimized then. In the face of that, come to that position. He's talking about bhakti. And now he says here, what? 
He's saying so many things. He's telling us, as basic practitioners, be careful. The senses are very strong. Even one of them, if allowed to uh, be distracted by sense objects, can carry your whole being away from your practice. So he says, they can forcibly carry away the mind even of a jnani. So he says, guess what jnani? Jnani is about controlling the senses. What is the means for the jnani to control the senses? It's not it's not param dushtva. It's not that. Classic example that Vishamrita, the jnani. And he was in his meditation, he heard with his ear what the ankle bells of Menika. He was distracted. Takur Haridas, Maya herself personified as a prostitute. You cannot imagine a more provocative appearance. Prabhupada once told me, just a month after I took sannyas, I met him in New York on an 11th story where he had his suite there in his mini skyscraper in Manhattan. And he said to me, have you seen the women of New York? And I thought, hmm, now here's, I just took sannyasa a couple of months ago. He's asking me, have I seen the women of New York? <laughs> what does he mean? And I hesitated, he couldn't answer. Uh, then he said, they're so beautiful. They're so attractive. And I realized he's just expressing his bhav. It, 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 he's not trying to instruct me about anything per se, test me. And I said, yes. Oh, then give me back that dunda. You saw the beautiful women. No. <laughs> Neither is sannyas about that. One of my godbrothers took sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj. The day of his sannyas, just before giving him the mantra, he said, so, are you prepared to preach to the women also? The ordinary understanding. And this is Gyanmarg. Sannyas is generally of Gyanmarg withdraw from the world, from the senses. It's a kind of a negative theology. He said, no, are you prepared to speak to the women also? Or are you running away from that? Are you running away from the sense objects? Do you have some standing that you can interact healthily in a healthy way with sense objects and not be dragged down by that? This is the idea of sannyas. should be given to those who have some attainment for the uh, sham of interacting with the world. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakura's sannyasis, they were interacting with the world, preaching actively. The idea is they should have been in a safe position to do that. This is the idea. So Krishna's saying here, even though one sense becomes distracted by sense objects, a jnani, a wise man, can be taken away. True? And that's instructive for us that all of the senses should be brought under control. At the same time, he's also deprecating this path of Gan. Haridas Thakur, he was not a Gani. He was an outcast. Mrecha. What to speak of a Shastravit Gani. He didn't even have Adhikar from his birth to read the book. What to speak of know it. But he took Harinam with such relish. Three lakhs nam he was chanting every day with such taste. Maya came to test him. Maya herself. Prabhupada said to me, have you seen the beautiful women of New York? They're so beautiful, he said. The whole city, he said, is running on the beauty of the women. Fascinating, he said, Vishnu Maya. He was just fascinated by it. 
This whole busy city, the Big Apple, it's all going just by the beauty of the women. Vishnu Maya is so extraordinary. I was amazed to hear his whole explanation. He could look at them and marvel at them and never think of exploiting them for sensual purposes. Like Thakur Haridas. Some people question the standing of Prabhupada in Bhakti. He wasn't sitting in the Braj and doing Madhukari. I have seen he ate on a silver plate. And so many in a hot prashad. Must be very hot prashad. Very nice. Puris, sabji, halwa, pakura. He took such joy in knowing in Mayapur that he could have devotees from all over the world come. And they would bring deshi ghee from Australia to make sure that it was pure, pure ghee. And he could serve puris and halava with pure ghee to all the devotees. Those gave him such joy. He used to say, I have very good complexion, golden complexion, because when I was young, I always ate halava. <laughs> he was so simple and unassuming, really, and charming in, in his nature, but so commanding at the same time by that nature. So Haridas Thakur, Maya herself came as a prostitute. Imagine how beautiful she was. And she ended up, in trying to test him and distract him, she ended up becoming a Vaishnavi. Maya took Harinam Diksha from Thakur Haridas. In Gorlila, she's found there, worshipping Tulsi and chanting Hare Krishna. Three lakhs daily. Her guru, Thakur Haridas. Not a jnani. What is the power of bhakti? This is the idea. To control the senses. Best defense is a good offense. This is our approach. So how we will withdraw the senses from the sense objects? Hearing about Krishna and finding how to utilize then everything in the world. Nirbandha Krishna Sambandha Yukta Bhairagyamachuta. Everything in Krishna's service. Everything has its utilization in Krishna's service. Just like some of you are coming here and going, and it's your joy to go to the grocery store and buy fruits and vegetables and when you come up and so forth, to offer to go on it. And so everybody likes to go shopping and, <laughs> and so forth. You can go shopping for Krishna. This is amazing yoga. <laughs> you can go shopping for Krishna. Gyanis can't go shopping. No, no. <laughs> so bhakti is good offense. That is the best defense. That is what Krishna saying. This is how to control the senses. My devotee is a real stita pragya. He has a higher taste. He's absorbed in that. He can't come out. Then he says, Tani sarvani samyamya yukta asito matparaha bhashihi yasyandriyani tasya pragna pratishtita Restraining the senses and disciplining oneself. One should sit fixing one's consciousness on me. Such a person is known to be of steady wisdom. Vastita pragya. So here Krishna puts the focus of the practice in place. He says, what? In all of this, controlling the senses and meditating and so forth, there's an object of meditation. And he says, it's me. Now we've heard in this chapter two or three times, Krishna has directly or more directly made his emphasis on bhakti. This is another example of that. He doesn't say, and it doesn't matter. I read one commentary 
by one yogi. He said, it doesn't matter. You can fix your mind on a cockroach. It will be the same. He used that word. In a cockroach, if you fix your mind, it will be the same. That's not what Krishna says here. On me, he says. And he doesn't mean me. I'm also the cockroach. I'm everything. Uh, no, not like that. That may be the broadest interpretation, but gopis didn't like that kind of interpretation. No, we want you. You, you. We want the bed you, not the obhead. We want you. Yes, you're one, but you're different too. We want the difference as well. <laughs> we don't want to take away the philosophical foundation of obhead. We don't want only obhead. We want bed within obhead. Achinta obhead obhead. That's what we want. And here he says, this is what you should want. You should focus, put your attention on me. So, as you can see, Krishna is talking about his devotees here. Any question? Rama? Raghunuga Bhakti is more, it's an attainment and a practice at the same time, right? Mm, yeah. So, when does one actually start to practice Raghunuga Bhakti? Is it in Nishta or Ruchi? And how is that practice different from what the person is doing in Vaidhi Bhakti on the way up? The difference between Vaidhi Bhakti and Raghunuga Bhakti is motivation. Ultimately, the motivation is different. But the practices that Rupa Goswami has given and described as Vaidhi are all part of Raghunuga. But the basic difference is the motivation. And in that sense, you can begin Raghunuga Bhakti today. In that sense. That is the broadest and general sense. Which means, but my motivation is to love Krishna like the inhabitants of Vrindavan. This is the broadest interpretation. How the inhabitants of Vrindavan, according to their different sentiments, serve Krishna with spontaneity, without any calculation, in intimacy, and so forth, such that his godhood is subordinated to the force of their love, like that, that's what I want as my goal. That's what Raghunuga Bhakti is about. The same kind of practices of Vaidhi, the limbs of Vaidhi that are given by Rupa Goswami and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, can be practiced with another motivation. What's that motivation? Om Narayana. I want to serve Narayana in Vaikuntha with awe and reverence. Or maybe even Krishna in Golok, in um, Dwaraka, and so on. So Raganuga means to follow those who have that rag, that spontaneous devotion that's not based on, well, Krishna's God, therefore I'll serve him. That sense is there and even, even in Dwaraka, even to some extent in Mathura also. So in Braj, in Vrindavan. So in that sense, we are, that is Shaitanya Mahaprabhu Sampradaya, we're all involved in that. Now, how do those inhabitants of Vrindavan serve Krishna? How to arrive at that, that is another thing. We may be on the path, but where we are in terms of that path, that is another thing. So, as I spoke a little bit last night, our motivation, let us say our impetus, we may be motivated, I want that, but my impetus to engage in pursuing that may be dependent upon other things. It certainly will be in the beginning stages. And I can assure you, it will be dependent upon fear, prospect, and duty before it actually is independent of all those things and dependent only upon love, which is how the inhabitants of Vrindavan serve. So the grace 
of the Paramahamsas on the Paramahamsa Marg is that they allow us to be involved. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is allowing people to be involved in this thing. But if you're going to practice hearing and chanting about Krishna consistently, most people, and all people for that matter, relative to what they've done in their previous life in this regard, of course, will be dependent upon some impetus from the fear side, which is the lowest motivation for serving God. In other words, if you don't chant your rounds, one of my disciples wrote to me and said, Guru Maharaj, every time you see me, I wish you'd ask me, have you been chanting your rounds? Because then I'll be sure to chant. I don't always chant so well, so if I know every time I see you, you're going to ask me, every time you write to me, you're going to ask me, did you chant your rounds? It'll be an impetus for me to be chanting. Do you understand? It means she has some need for the fear of God, fear of Guru, in your heart, to chant. She's not chanting out of love. She also asks me sometimes some questions about Krishna Leela and higher things. So she should put it in perspective. You're still dependent somewhat on this to be involved in practice. That means your Raghunuga is not pure. And your standing in Raghunuga is very, 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 very little. Very little. And we're generous to say you have some standing in it. Very little. So as the impetus for hearing and chanting about Krishna becomes independent of fear, prospect, that it will be good for me, I'll get something out of it, duty, which is very high, that it should be done because it's the right thing to do, I should serve Krishna. You see, it's beyond all that. It's out of love only. So Rupa Goswami defines Raghunuga Bhakti in this way, that the motivation for it is independent of the do's and don'ts of the scripture and human logic. In the beginning stages of Raghunuga Bhakti, even, we need the logic of scripture that supports the ideal of Raghunuga Bhakti to be inspired to take it up. You see, Raghunuga Bhakti is generally not arrived at by intelligence. It's arrived at by the heart. We may intelligently study and understand theoretically what is Raghunuga Bhakti. That doesn't mean that we have much adhikari for practicing it. And when we hear it said, oh, the motivation is only different. You want to follow the inhabitants of Vrindavan rather than go to Vaikuntha. So get on with it. Sit and do Leela Smarnam and, and, and it says Rag Bhakti, so, so many rules and regulations, they're not so important and, uh, so on. People reason like this and this way they go to hell. In the name of Raghunuga Bhakti. Raghunuga Bhakti, Adhikar for that will arise out of Vaidhi Bhakti that is aimed at that ideal. Jiva Goswami calls it Ajataruchi Raganuga, without any taste Raganuga. And Bhakti Vinotakura has called it Vaidhi Bhakti. Therefore he says by practicing Vaidhi Bhakti one will get Raganuga Bhakti. In one sense that doesn't make any sense. You see these things are, can be misunderstood. He says by practicing Raganuga Bhakti you will get the jewel of Raganuga, qualification for Raganuga. How can you practice Vaidhi Bhakti in the full sense of the term with a view to go to Vaikuntha and end up being qualified to go to Goloka? You can't. 
But if you want the ideal of Braj Bhakti, then you should practice Vaidhi Bhakti with that in mind. And that practice will give support to your interest in that. And it will come to flourish. And then you will actually be able to do real Raghunuga Bhakti. Jataruchi. With a taste. And then you get a taste. Then you get attached. That's called Asakti. And when you get Asakti, then by the grace of the mantra given by the Guru and Krishna Nam, then you can glimpse your Swarup. And then that is still in Sadhana Bhakti. It is the last stage of Sadhana Bhakti. Then you can do that kind of Sadhana. Seva Sadhana Rupena Siddha Rupena Chatrihi. You can do Sadhana in a Sadaka Deha and in a Siddha Deha. And then you enter into Bhava Bhakti. And in Bhava Bhakti, cultivating that Bhav of the Siddha Deha. You can artificially live in, in your mind in Vrindavan and cultivate Siddha Deha and, and watch TV. And I read someone said recently asked me some, some question like, well, in Raghunuga Bhakti, then Anyabilashita Shunyam Gyan Kamadi Anabitam Anukulina Krishna Bhakti. What did he say? Something like calls for moderation. So little TV is okay, I'm thinking. A little TV will be okay. Things get distorted in this way. So we can practice Ajataruchi Raghunuga Bhakti to some extent. Then you have to question yourself. Now it's time to question. Are you interested in Braj Bhakti? <laughs> Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not even interested yet for Krishna Leela. But that should be our ideal. The Shaitan was teaching that. We are, I think, attracted to that. Any other question? I heard um, that smarnam is less something you do with the, with the mind but that it spontaneously arises through kirtan. Right. So when kirtan is properly performed, then one can do smarnam. And that kirtan will energize, shravanam kirtan will energize smarnam. But in Raghunuga Bhakti, that smarnam is subordinate to kirtan because Mahaprabhu has given kirtan in Kali Yuga, and it's the Yuga Dharma of Kali Yuga. There's no superior practice to Namsan Kirtan. But in Raghunuga Bhakti, the Namsan Kirtan brings about Smarnam. So it becomes the main focus. But it is in the context of hearing and chanting. In other words, one will do Japa, for example, which is hearing and chanting. Of course, Japa can be called the limb of Smarnam, as I said. It can be also called the limb of Kirtan if it's done out loud. But while doing the Japa, then there'll be internal Smarnam, like Guna Smarnam, Lila Smarnam, Rup smarnam and so forth. But we say, yes, this smarnam is not just an uh, affair of the mind, because smarnam is meditation. So smarnam is not concentration of the mind, it's dhyan. And dhyan is, after concentrating the mind, it's a meditative state. It's not a function of the mind in as much as meditation is about stopping the mind. So it's one thing to be thinking about Krishna, it's another thing to be meditating on Krishna. In the broadest sense of the term, we can include thinking about Krishna, doing research about Krishna in the Bhagavatam and so forth as part of smarnam. That kind of smarnam you can do, you should do. That's very rudimentary. But it's not the same as dhyan. So we have dharna. It can be called dharna, concentration. 
but dhyan and then dhruvanusmriti samadhi so you see this is the progression given by Jiva Goswami so you got dharana means concentration then comes dhyan actual meditation then dhruvanusmriti smriti means remembrance and dhruva means like dhruva like fixed like the pole star everything orbits around it it doesn't move then samadhi so just to say well you know what's wrong with thinking about Krishna I do my Leela Smarnam one fellow told me I do my Leela Smarnam and I, I, I it doesn't matter if I smoke ganja I can still do my Leela Smarnam what kind of Smarnam is that so it is meditation so yes it's not just thinking but by hearing and chanting the mind will be arrested Kirtan has the greatest power to arrest the mind all practices, kirtan, the kirtan of the holy name of Krishna has the greatest power to arrest the mind. The Goswamis have written very clearly about this. And when the mind's arrested, captured, then you can do dhyan. That's the idea. You had a question? You mentioned that the kirtan is the most important part, loud kirtan. Then if one can do the loud kirtan whole time, then is there a scope for japa for him also? If you can do kirtan all the time, you don't have to do japa. You can sit with the cartel and just chant all day in kirtan. No problem. In fact, if you're having trouble doing japa, then bring out some cartel and chant. When I was younger, sometimes we would sell Prabhupada's books and sometimes it was difficult. We had a lot of opposition and mental opposition and, and so forth. And my mind was restless. I'd just grab some cartels and chant anywhere. That's very good. You do it in your home. Some morning you said, chant, you can't chant. Just stop, put down the beads, pick up cartels, chant Hare Krishna. And dancing, stand up, dance. Very powerful. Another question? Sometimes these uh, yogis, they talk about experiencing Krishna. Amongst Yogananda saw Krishna with the flute and uh, Krishna and others. And they talk about that and uh, they, leave, you know, they leave that behind. So this would be more like some thinking about Krishna. Not necessarily. Krishna may show himself to a yogi in some way. It doesn't mean he gives him bhakti and uh, awakens taibhav in him and, and so forth. If that's not what he's interested in, that's not what he's cultivating in, but still he approaches Krishna for mukti, Krishna may come, show him, send him to mukti, and get rid of him. So they may be yogis and really truly be able to meditate. So, But you have to examine the sadhya of such distinguished persons. What do they want? What is their goal? Krishna is the one that rewards the goal. He may come and give it to them. But if their goal is not Braj Bhakti, then that's what they're going to get. Whatever they're going to get, it'll be Krishna that gives it to them. Another question? If a person who is looking for love of God, but his object is not right, he's not looking for Krishna, he's doing something else. Is it you can still get love of God? If his motive is such to get the love of God and he's sincere, then Krishna will arrange for him to come into the fold of spiritual practice that is required for attaining that. So if the motive is in the right place, even if the practice is wrong, and you're in a better position than if your practice is right but your motive is wrong, the idea is, well, what if somebody is hearing and chanting and following all the practices, 
but he's motivated, his motive is to attain sayujamukti. Then is he in a better position than another who isn't hearing a chanting and wearing Tulsi beads and all these things, but he wants love of God, and the idea of sayujamukti is unattractive to him. He's in a better position, that latter person. And because of the, his motivation, he'll come into the context of practices that will facilitate that motivation. That sampradaya will come to answer his motivation. Brahmanda brahmite kon bhagyavan jeev guru krishna prasade bhai bhakti So, wandering in the universe without any direction, but it generally means with the right motive, Krishna will send you to the guru where you can get direction how to fulfill that ambition, that ideal, how to realize that ideal. When we're talking in a general sense of the ideal, obviously people in the world aren't, don't have an ideal, I'd like to become a gopi. That is a refining of their ideal. The ideal is, I want to serve God. Okay, then you're in the ballpark, so to speak. And then how, in what way to serve God in a particular way, and so forth and so on, that's, that's all come in time. Another question? I'm attracted to what I've read about Krishna in the scriptures, and I believe the scriptures are true. They're the truest things that, that I know of. It may not be like I love him. I've never seen him you know, in person, but I'm attracted to him. And that's like I, I'm getting grace. Is that, is that the idea? Like the grace is awakening my... Well, if you're attracted, to the extent that you're attracted, then you want to find out more about that person. Right, right. So you want to hear about him. You want to meet people who know him, associate with them. And in fact, that's probably the best way to know him. You, you meet somebody that, uh, just like, let's say, let's say you, you have a crush on some great, uh, musician. And then if you could meet somebody that knew him personally, that'd be, wow, you know Paul McCartney? Wow, you, you know him personally? Yeah, I was with him, I, uh, when we were younger, whatever. Oh, wow, and then you become, all, almost uh, as important, if not more, than the person whom you're, you're attracted to. So that the most valuable thing that you can do to increase the attraction that we do have for Krishna is to associate with people who, who do know him, or who have seen him, or who obviously have more attraction than we do. That will bring attraction to us. And, other than, and he will be involved in... The, the practices of hearing and chanting about Krishna and discussing the tattva also of Krishna consciousness, what it, Krishna is not, what the philosophy that underlies this attractive person. What, like you say, I like him, I, I attracted him, I haven't seen him, uh, uh, I believe what the scriptures say, but part of what the scriptures are saying that makes Krishna attractive is also the fact that his form is not material. And so now we get into metaphysics and what is the material form, What's the spiritual form? And all these things are part of becoming attracted to Krishna in a real sense. The tattva, in other words, is very important, especially in the beginning stages. And bhava will develop out of a tattva bit, not out of someone who doesn't know tattva. For the most part, it won't develop. Now, people's capacity, devotees' capacity to know tattva is different, of course. Some have greater capacity and some have lesser capacity, but... We do make a point of educating everybody about the tattva in more than just a basic sense. This is what matter is. This is what spirit is. Krishna is made of spirit. You're made of matter at this time. All these things have to be known. So all this business, this is the preoccupation 
of those who are attracted to Krishna. They discuss that. We get in their company. So we get involved in that hearing and chanting and so forth. And as we do that, then that person becomes attracted to us. That devotee becomes attracted to us. Oh, you like him too? Hey, by the way, I see you really like him. Did you know this? Then he whispers something in your ear. Chant this. It gives you some mantra. Oh, very nice, huh? You like that? This way, the, our attraction for Krishna will develop. It's very practical. And Krishna will see, oh, he likes him. I like him. He's my devotee. That fellow likes him too. Then Kripa comes to you. Mercy comes to you. So the central focus in all of this, there's Krishna. There's me. Krishna is like a great lake, like a great ocean. And I'm like a small creek. And Guru Vaishnav, like the channel, making a channel to connect the two. That little creek has prospect, can enter into the ocean. This is the idea. So we stop there. Srimad Bhagavad Gita ki jai. Silasi Bhakti Vedanta Sami Prabhupad ki jai. Bhakti Rakshak Siddha Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Sri Thakur Prabhupad ki jai.